You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Bar and Kevin Gieszewski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. I know what you're going to say. I usually say one, two, record, and I said three, two, one, record this time, didn't I? Yeah, it almost totally threw me off my game here. Hey, so I set your cameras up before we went on air, and now you're standing off to the side more. God bless it. Here. Is that is that better? No, now you're shortened in the corner. You can stand back up. <laughs> Oh, ah, perfect. Oh, that is much better. All right. There we go. Hi, we're Bob and Kevin. I'm Bob, that other guy. I'm Kevin, who apparently... I was going to uh, say, thanks for saying your name. Who apparently just uh, is making for bad radio here. So if you haven't noticed, we are live streaming and you should probably check us out, Bob. Uh, where can people find us if they want to do such things? Kevin, today we're live streaming on Facebook. Ooh, we need a we need an audio machine for that boo um we're also <laughs> live streaming on youtube slightly less booze i guess periscope hooray but sad cries because i think periscope's going away soon i thought that and, went away uh, years ago what happened apparently twitter is going to have its own live streaming platform instead of just calling periscope their live stream i've I don't know. Okay, we should Continue. listen to a tech podcast about that. And finally, uh, where all the cool kids hang out, Twitch. Um, did you know that uh, the Brothers Weems do a weekly Twitch stream on Saturday nights? I didn't. And now I'm going to have to check them out. And they are the uh, Star Trek type podcast. I assume that's what they're still doing. Yes. Yep. They're still Stardate Supplemental. Yes. Um I think the problem is, I think they start at nine o'clock Pacific time. Oh, that's midnight <laughs> my time for those doing the mental math. They are, well, what, at worst what case scenario, worst case scenario, it's nine o'clock mountain time, which is still too late for this old guy on Saturday. <laughs> oh, past your bedtime, eh? <laughs> it is past my bedtime. Um, another place where you can listen to the show, I know you know, you're curious about all these things, but we are a podcast first and foremost, and you can find us anywhere. Podcasts are streamed, downloadable, sold. We're not for sale. Syndicated. Distributed. We're syndicated technically, right? Yes, we are syndicated. Thank you, Kevin. Any place where podcasts are syndicated, but also we've been streaming. uh, What do you call that when we're not really live, but we're part of a radio show? Um, so you're talking about the geek, what's it called? Geek radio or what's, what's geek radio? Yes. Geek okay. radio. Oh man. But is that like a rebroadcast? Yes, I would think so. It's a pre-recorded. Well, it, it's a rebroadcast. I think that's the best word of yes. the Bob and Kevin show. And where can people so, yeah. find that Bob? That is at geekradio.com. <laughs> <laughs> should probably know that better, but uh, if you follow <laughs> terrible. us, 
if you follow okay. us on Twitter, I usually post we're Saturdays at uh, 9:30 Central Saturday mornings. So if you want to have that live radio experience, also highly recommend Geek Radio um, for the music that they carry. Uh, it is definitely a geek slant. One of my favorite tunes that is often heard on there is What Would William Shatner Do? So that's the kind of music that they stream there 24-7, 365. Okay, that's random. Bob, I found out how old William Shatner is. I guess he just had a birthday. How Can you want to guess how old William Shatner is? William Shatner is 77 years old. He's 90. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, what? Man, he's, he's doing all right for 90 years old. Anyway. Have you heard his... I I'd share that. Didn't he do a, a spoken word version of Rocket Man or something like that? Isn't that on his one of his albums? I have no idea, but I will have to Google that later. Yeah. So lots of good stuff. We are hyper nerdy to start this day. Um, we were actually just before we went live discussing the days we choose for recording and Fridays are tough. Mm-hmm. Those of you that know, we do these on a Friday and I'm pretty tired. Plus my mustache is looking like trash. Got to get that under control. Sorry. You- those of you in video land. Today was a good Friday because, well, last weekend was good Friday, uh, Friday. <laughs> this week, it's good Friday because it's payday for Kevin and uh, family. We also had a team wings day, which was a totally awesome, great idea. For, like hot wings? Yes. Yes. Kind of like the Bob and Kevin show 2017 YouTube. It's going to say um, that reminds me of a viral video that we worked on together. <laughs> yeah. Many dozen people have watched that. <laughs> yes. Um, so we had a wings day. So we all acquired wings individually because we're all not located together. And then we uh, basically had Zoom and watched each other annihilate wings and talked about what's better, uh, drumsticks or flappers. Uh, dry or wet sauce. So, Bob, of course, I've got to ask you the same questions. Uh, drumsticks, flappers, or it doesn't matter? I do like... I think I love them both equally. I mean, like, I'm not going to turn my nose up at one, but I think I do prefer the drumsticks okay. over the flappers. Do you like wet sauce or dry rub? Oh, wet sauce. Wetter the better, okay. as they say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whoever they is. <laughs> I agree. Okay. All right. So Fair that was warning, a kind I'm of super uh, slap happy right now. I won't ask what <laughs> you were doing before the podcast. I'm assuming working. Um, I was so, working my ass off. Josh, cue the disclaimer. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we had wings. Um, the company I work at, they went, they, they hit one year a few weeks ago from when they went fully remote. They went from a, we're not a remote company to we're fully remote. And um, they announced recently that they're going to reconfigure the offices to a library setting, essentially. So nobody gets an office anymore. Um, well, I'm sure a few people do, but in general, it's just going to be hot seating. And, um, when, when everyone goes back, because (laughs) we're going to be a remote first company going forward because it worked out so well. 
And if you really want to go to the office, great. You'll it's like going to be like a library. They're going to re um, they're going to remodel everything, and it's going to be open and all that fun stuff. So they they're going a hundred percent remote or remote mm-hmm. first. Yes, and they're still going to keep their same exact real estate footprint. It yeah, because I think the company's kind of old. Well, you know, got history, and then they're just what they're doing is they're I think they're gutting it and redoing it to become an open format inside. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so to, not to not to shift the topic, but this is just in from uh, super fan Kevin on Facebook. He says supposedly Bill Shatner lived in his car for a short period after Star Trek. Well, did not yeah, know Star that. Trek was canceled, and it was kind of like one of those. Um, <laughs> You know, fan favorites brought it back. There's several instances of shows like that. I think uh, Family Guy's one of them. Firefly might be another one in Star Trek where it's like, you know, the original run was canceled and it got brought back to life. Anyway, uh, Star Trek. Love it. Little known fact, that is where the famous con line came from when they got uh, canceled. He said, no, and they used that in one of the episodes. Totally not true. Just made that up. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> you know, whenever I reference Star Trek Two, you know that scene with Khan, a bunch of young people look at me like, "What the hell's wrong with you? What are you talking about?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Gosh, I'm old. I am so old right now." Anyway, but you know what? You're not as old as William Shatner. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ninety. That's, that's that's getting up there. Um, that's playing with the so, house's money, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, he's had a good life. He's definitely had a good life. So it's beautiful weather finally here in America, and at least I would think so in Boulder. But Boulder, it's like beautiful every day, and it's like not beautiful two days a week or a year. Right, right. Every day is beautiful in Boulder. Yes. So I'll be doing a lot of stuff. I'm excited. I'm putting together um, a, a kit guitar this weekend. So you, you know that'll be fun. Hopefully, I've got all this stuff. Um, like Night Rider. To do. Now, now who's old? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So you can, if you were going to build a computer, you would buy the tower, the motherboard, the processor, your RAM, and you would just assemble it. Okay. Somebody you can't smarter. Play that like a guitar. <laughs> you can do that with a guitar as well. So you can buy the neck, the body, you know, all the hardware and put it together. Um, so I'm doing that, but I've got, um, I've got to finish sand and finish the body. You know, I've got to do a lot of work to it, but my next iteration, I'm going to do all that from plain blocks of wood. I'm going to start basically training to become a luthier. We'll see how that goes. I'm super motivated to do it. Um, it'll, it'll totally be side gig. Um, I thought, type you, stuff. I thought you were Catholic. I am not Catholic. <laughs> well, then why are you going to become a Lutheran? I don't understand. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like a terrible joke. A Luthier, for people like Bob, is a guitar builder. Oh, okay. Man. <laughs> You're going to be slap happy after I reach this microphone. I'm going to slap you. Anyway. Josh, you just need to add a bunch of cheesy sound effects in here for the whole episode. Boings. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and pay the bills. Pay the bills, Kevin. Today's episode is brought to you by Beatty Bar Media, which is an online editing and production company that specializes in not only music, not only podcasts, not only production, but also video services for creators of all backgrounds. 
Their efficient and reliable services will save you time and stress on any project. I'm stressing right now. Josh, can you help me? Because that was really weird, Bob. Luthier. Maybe I need to enunciate. Um, <laughs> why? Nope, I'm why, just a dork. Why Baby Bar Media? What do they do for you? Well, they basically, somebody asked me today, Kevin, why did you buy wings today at your company for yourself? Why didn't you just make them? It's cheaper. I said, because you know why? If I can buy somebody else's time in certain situations, sign me up. And that's basically what we're doing with Josh. Josh, take my money so that I can do something else. Sorry about your weekend, Josh, because I'm paying you to, to lose it, basically, is what's, what we're saying here. Um, it's been a great experience. Um, you know, we, we like all kinds of things about it because basically after a while, Josh just knows what to do. And then uh, how do you get in on this amazingness? How do you how do you make Josh have no fun on the weekend. Well, what you can do is you can go to www.baity-bar.media slash BK show and you'll get a discount, 10% discount. So help that's real us, money. That's real money. Help us take up Josh's time by sending him your business. And you know why? Because it'll be worth every penny because it's beautiful weather. These are known as tie-ins. I'm starting to tie in everything I've said so far up to this point here so that you go talk Damn, to Josh. Damn, that's why you're the best in the business. <laughs> Lies. Uh, so anyway, Bob, uh, what did I forget about Mr. Josh? Josh just allows all of his clients to be the creators that they have always been meant to be without the hassle of all the bogging down of the editing and post-production that we don't necessarily have all those talents and skills. This dude went to school, started his own business. And, uh, that's why, that's why you want to send him those checks like the Bob and Kevin show does. I very much support small businesses and I think everyone else should too. I just, over the weekend, I bought some luthier, not Lutheran, luthier tools from the United Kingdom. I'm kind of excited uh, from a company called Crimson Guitars. Not a sponsor of the show. They have no idea who we are. But I watched uh, a guy named Ben Crow make a guitar in five YouTube episodes for absolutely free. And I got so inspired to do it. And Wait, you I made am- the guitar for free or the videos were free? Uh, sorry, I should clarify. The videos are free, and he probably made the guitar for free because he kept it. I think <laughs> so. So, um, uh, he, he had a sponsor. Uh, anyway, um, just basically took slabs of really nice wood and made a guitar, and that was amazing. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. What are you doing this weekend, Bob? Oh, that's right, hiking, biking, swimming. We're usually outside, but uh, Caroline is recovering from her second dose of her covid vaccination and it was a pretty rough night uh two nights ago for her and she's pretty wiped out today so we'll see what the weekend holds but uh we're we're typically out there doing our thing so all right so but not building or making anything okay yes we do have a topic apparently i'm converting religions uh according to bob (laughs) (laughs) so Or um, finding one, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting together a Lutheran religion or something. Whatever yes. Kevin said. Um, so we did have a topic, right? And so what I asked Bob a few weeks ago, and we're just now coming back to it, is 
we live in a world of a technological world of ecosystems. Those ecosystems would be like Google, uh, Apple. Uh, let's see what other ecosystems are there. Um, even Chrome is like a microcosm. If you think of the plugins that go with a Chrome extension, you know, browsers themselves. Well, would um, you think of operating systems as an ecosystem? Oh, yeah, like absolutely. Thank you. I was blinking. Operating systems a big what one. About, um, what about Skype? Like, what about communication ecosystems? Would you consider Skype like an ecosystem or? Well, you could you could define it. It's more Venn diagrammy. So think about the companies who are like, no, we're a Microsoft shop. But you can't use Slack anymore. You have to use Microsoft Teams. And then, you know, so it's it's kind of like I've seen that more often than not, where it's like, no, we're a Microsoft shop. So we use the office 365 so this is your your now productivity stack it's like well but we really like slack or whatever too bad we got a discount on getting the whole thing so would right? facebook be an ecosystem yes it would facebook um because that's a walled garden right well i mean how do we define walled garden i mean what what ecosystem how would you define ecosystem as it relates to Facebook? That genuine curiosity. Well, let me generalize first. So we all live in one ecosystem we call the universe. Don't even, we won't talk about the micro universes or parallel. Universe. Just stay with me for a second. Or okay. are we in the matrix? All right. So let's just right. assume Not we live you. in this universe. That's one ecosystem. We live in the Milky Way galaxy, which is a subset of that ecosystem we live in uh, on planet Earth, most of us, uh, <laughs> and that's a subsystem and whatnot. So those are nicely contained um, subsets or supersets, depending on which way you look. But there's also ecosystems that do kind of um, exist that overlap a little bit. But most of the ecosystems I'm talking about are really subsystems of other ecosystems. So Facebook is an ecosystem. It's kind of a closed thing. It has its own rules. It's kind of like, you know, what defines a planet, you know, and you got all these rules Oh, Pluto. Sorry, you lost. <laughs> so what defines an ecosystem? Um, I don't know yet. Maybe that's what we can do today. But I would say Facebook is an ecosystem because, you know, you got to log in to do certain things, you know, you know, maybe all platforms would be defined by that loose rule. But when you have like a marketplace within like Facebook marketplace, when you have plugins, okay, that's within, what I was looking you, for. Yeah. Yeah. So and you have more it, than just the, more than just the, the message posting interface, you've got the marketplace, you've got groups, you've got a chat interface where you can do one-on-one. -on -one. So there's many functions that you could do from that one application or that one environment. So yeah. yeah ecosystem. It, and let's disambiguate maybe. So if we look at Reddit, I wouldn't call Reddit an ecosystem. I would label that simply as a community. Why? Because there's no real economics involved. So I guess I'm, I'm including there's a there's like a, a an economic system within. So Reddit, that's a community. You sign up. It's a platform, but you're not really there. You're not paying to be there. You're not paying for plugins. Your your, your information's not that to my knowledge being sold or marketed, you know, you're not being targeted ads. It's not the Truman show like Facebook and whatnot. So there's all these different ecosystems. And if I could actually get to the point of the, the topic of today is what is the responsibility of ecosystem owners and how, how well are they doing it? 
and what sorts of conflicts of interest arise. And I would say the first conflict of interest, if I could prime the discussion, would be like an Apple saying, um, you, that app right there is a band or no longer, or it's still there, but we've created a first party version of this. And we've created a first party version because we've do, we're doing this to protect our users. You know, they, they kind of usually sell it to you like that. But what they've really done, in my humble opinion, is let all of their community members within their ecosystem take all the risk. Yep, that worked. That didn't. Oh, are the ones that did work? Hmm. Let's steal that idea. It's already been in the incubator. And we're going to take that and we're going to, since we're the first party, we can market it and we can control what you as the consumer see. And we can actually throttle the, the, the one that took all the risk. Are you tracking so far? Ish. I mean, I, I'm going to, I don't know if I, why I'm trying to be careful. Um, I think it's probably important to note that it's very rare in today's tech ecosystem culture, because that's kind of what we're talking about, tech ecosystems, that an, an entire ecosystem comes from incubation to maturity without acquisition. So, you know, you're talking about some of the breakdowns. I think that primarily the breakdown is because it's very rare that a, an entity becomes an ecosystem organically. So they don't add services or add pieces to their platform to become an ecosystem without acquiring other small organizations, which may have a different culture, may have a different technology, may have a different um, philosophy on that overall responsibility. So there's pieces of ecosystems that could be weaknesses like any chain but this chain is being like built on the fly. So there could be a weak link in the way that the ecosystem is created. You know, you have corporate cultures that come like Facebook hasn't been Facebook on its own from the beginning. Google hasn't been Google on its own from like, you know, they buy smaller pieces. Apple, Apple basically, you know, um, which is kind of where you started. They opened up their, um, they opened up their licensing to allow other people to manufacture hardware for them and then rolled that back three to five years later when power computing came out on top as the best and brightest hardware manufacturer. And so then basically, as you said, they absorbed that into their ecosystem. Um, you know, you said the risk is the users are bearing the risk, but I mean, there's also financial risk for the partners that get absorbed and all other stuff. I see well, you raising the, your hand. Not, not <laughs> the users, the, the developers who who spearhead who pioneered this new app, you know, or whatever. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so what, what's disappointing to me is app developer creates this cool new thing. It gets super popular. It's doing great. And then the ecosystem parent notices, clones it, markets their thing, and it kind of kills off theirs and they can totally do it because they are uh, gods of their domain and they'll be able to say, well, this is our platform. We can do what we want, claiming that moral high ground. And it just leaves people out to dry that we're actually the true innovators and they didn't get absorbed. So there's the, there's the opportunity for a company that created something and then Apple buys them. Okay. Yeah, great. But what I'm more talking about. So if we switch to Amazon, you create some cool product, this coffee cup. It's really awesome. It's selling great. Then Amazon's like, hey, we can see all the sales data. You're doing great on our platform. 
but we just created an Amazon Basics coffee cup that's three dollars cheaper, and somehow, some way, your cup is on page two now, even though it's selling great because ours is right there. And then now it's a smart cup. It integrates with that one lady who's staring at me funny, you know, and whatnot. <laughs> and and that's really unfortunate. But that's that's what ecosystem owners are doing, and I. I'm sad for that. So do you think that the ecosystems, because they are smaller generally than the giant ecosystem that we're already part of, um, that those tech ecosystems possibly shine a bright light and put a magnifying glass on the things that are wrong with letting the market dictate how things go? Because, I mean, you basically described capitalism with that cup example at Amazon, but because they own the environment, it's an unfair unfair advantage. advantage. Right. Right. But that's still leveraging, you know, in in quote unquote capitalism, is there fairness? So there's no such thing as fairness, but there's also no uh, requirement for me to like it or like certain aspects of it. I, I don't just go, well, capitalism, yep, you know, then I shrug my shoulders and move on. Now, <laughs> if we, there's, you know, one spectrum of politics that say low regulation is better. There's another spectrum that says more regulation is better, but I would say the real answer is somewhere in between. Um, so I guess what I, what I feel is kind of predatory is, hey, come to our ecosystem. It'll be great. You come over there, you, a lot of times you have to be exclusive because the technology is proprietary. You know, Apple stuff doesn't work on Google or on Android and vice versa. So you're kind of, kind of going down this path of you're getting married to this ecosystem. You, you do all this investment in it and then they kind of turn on you and be like, ha, your idea was so good. We stole it. Thank you for coming to our platform and letting us feast upon your innovation. So it's that kind of stuff that I'm most worried about, about today's ecosystems. But do we, do we cloud that? Like, do we muddy this argument when we're using the coffee cup as an example? I mean, I know it happens in software too, which then you've got intellectual, but I mean, how do you, how do you manage that ethically and Ah. regulatorily? When coffee cup and this piece of software are, are markedly different. So would you agree? And by the way, I don't have the answer. So I just kind of want to walk through this. Would you agree that um, the big tech companies have an extraordinary amount of leverage over their ecosystem community members, typically? Well, yeah. I mean, they're in most cases, they're the parent company. So the work that you do there is the, their property. Well, no, uh, think about the hate email. What I'm, you know, with the whole back and forth went there, basically Apple's dictating terms. You want to be on our platform? Here it is. Pay the tax. Or okay, the so that, that ecosystem of the app, you know, that's almost its own ecosystem unto itself. It's really not Apple. It's the App Store ecosystem. That's still Apple and their ecosystem. Yeah, it is, but... So, okay. So what, what I was getting at is, is what is the responsibility? Does that pay to play? Does that pay to play thing that they put in place? Is that meant to be a guardrail to keep them from 
you know, seeing that hey email is doing great. And so we're just going to make a hey email clone. And in theory, since hey is paying juice, Apple doesn't need to replicate their product to make more money. They're already making money from hey. Correct. So I'm not saying this applies in all situations. I'm saying it has applied in some situations where you're like, wait, and Amazon, and I really don't distinguish physical product from intellectual product very much because I think they're very much same analogs. We have this thing, we're offering it, and you cloned the thing, and now you're undercutting us and over-marketing us <laughs> on your platform that you attracted me to. So that's so that's it. And same but thing with- that be- wouldn't that be an inherent risk if I'm a, an entrepreneur? I mean, and and I want to distribute my cup to the largest audience possible. Just so happens that Amazon is the best game in town for that. At the end of the day, it is just a cup. I mean. It is. No patents or anything like that. So what you're getting at is, is it legal? A hundred percent. Yes. What I'm getting at, though, is should it be? And what I let's take a, a step back and go, what should the responsibilities of the ethics be of a of an ecosystem owner? And I think it might come down to ecosystem owners can't compete, shouldn't be able to directly compete with um, their community members is what I'm getting. Yeah. At. How come that didn't raise as much of the stink? I mean, like, think about it. Amazon wasn't always in the stuff game. Like, they were always in the stuff game, but it was always somebody else's stuff. Like, when they started breaking into the white labeling, because I don't, are they manufacturing or are they just slapping their label on other people's stuff? Uh, well, it's probably like white label. You know, you go buy ketchup and it's made by Heinz, but it's got your label on it. Um, but there actually has been some litigation with with some of this. Um, so I, of course I can't find a, an article right now because I didn't think of this just out of the blue. I, I was um, thinking of how Amazon's doing this kind of shady stuff. If you ask me, totally shady, you know, Hey, great idea. Now we're going to steal it. But I think this happens also in software too, where it's like, Hey, great idea. We've attracted to our platform. And Oh, by the way, here's all these rules that you have to play by. And you have to play by these rules in order for us to be competitive at your innovation's expense, sort of. So Apple, should they be able to charge a fee? Yes. 30% seems high. What's the number then, Kevin? I have no idea. But 30% seems a little high. Um, other platforms, yes. hey, we've we've got, you know, let's say it's Google. Hey, we've got this thing and it's... We've never created this before. And we see you've got this cool app. It's super popular. We've seen all the analytics because we're, we're the host. Well, we created the Google version of that. And now people don't need yours anymore. We've obsoleted yours, but I've done so. I've done all the research unfairly because I can see into everything. And what I'm getting at is they shouldn't be allowed to do that. They shouldn't be able to have insider knowledge to, be, to create an anti-competitive environment. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I can see that. I just don't know how you monitor slash mitigate slash eliminate that. Because, well, I mean, it's just, in theory, they are providing a service. Right. Shouldn't or I guess the question is, is, do you think maybe they should just provide the service, the framework, and that's it? 
everything else should be then off limits to them. Yes, I agree with that statement 100%. How do you put that toothpaste back in the tube? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So back to like regulatory stuff. Do people like regulations? No, until you get burned. Then you say yes. So if we talk about a hot topic, um, do you want gun control? Well, a lot of people would say, well, we don't want regulation. Then you turn on the TV and you go, ooh, yeah, we do need that. So, and that's a, that's the ultimate put the toothpaste back in the tube topic we've got here in America. But when it comes to software like that, you know, it's like if you're an innovator, I created this thing. Here's your likely course of action. A, hope to get acquired. B, hope one of the big tech companies don't notice it and just clone you. Those are right, the two which outcomes. Is- <laughs> Which is just a razor thin difference between those two outcomes. It's like, do we buy them or do we just rip them off? And and that's completely out of your control because if you're an entrepreneur, you want to bring as much attention to your software as possible. You can't necessarily bring all the attention possible without it being on Google or Facebook's or Microsoft's radar, you know? And there's a third option invest in that company. Okay. Google can invest in this company that's innovative. Of course it does create conflicts of interest that anytime money's involved, it certainly does. Right. And I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that there's something somewhere that they can't do that. And that's why they end up doing the clones or the acquires. Uh, yeah. I, I guess what, I guess I'm just disappointed with tech again and their ecosystems because it's all, it's not just one ecosystem. Let's be clear. It's not just like this one or that one. They all do this. It's like the site. It's like these siren song come developer to our platform. It's great. You can make money. We can make money. Be innovative. You come to the platform. Hey, I'm here. Okay. I'm buying in. I'm doing the innovation. Here it is. Hey, that is innovative. Um, but let's see how it goes for a while. A year goes by. Great. It is great. Okay. Well, we could buy you. We could invest in you or we could just, because we control the strings, just do our own thing. And then thank you for your service. Thank you, Bob, for being an innovator. And I hope you can pay the bills because we've obsolete you, but thank you. Thank you for being a good community member. Thank you. Because thank you pays the bills, right? Well, in addition to thank you, though, do you think that there's the possibility that there's some like payouts that we don't necessarily know of? I mean, oh, absolutely. Okay, but I just but that's more that's conspiracy theory. I mean, because I can't I can't refute that. So of course I'll be like, oh, of course that's possible, right? But I mean, I'm wondering if you know, I think it's very easy and low hanging fruit to say big tech is evil. And I don't think you'd find much argument, but maybe there are like sizable checks written in backgrounds that also go along with gag orders. You know, by taking this payout for your innovation, you can't say that we took your innovation and they, it's kind of like a, Isn't it's kind of like anti-competitive a, though in its own a right. Hush a hush acquisition. Well, the part where it gets sketchy is if innovator has a team and innovator gets paid out and is told to hush as a a contingency of the payout and then doesn't compensate his team. So it might not always be big tech. That's the ultimate baddie there. True. I guess, I I guess I apologize for saying baddie, by the way, that's just, that was terrible. (laughs) 
bad if, guy. If I were if if I were able to affect certain things, I would basically say, Amazon, no, you can't make that thing. Because you're a it's kind of like the distinction between platform and, and was it a content provider? Are you a platform or are you providing content? If you're both, you have conflicts of interest. Yeah. So Facebook, are you which one are you? You know what they do? Wishy washy answer, blah, blah, blah. We want to protect people and privacy. Wishy washy answer. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> and then you. Well, that's all of them. Thing. They start off with everything. Right. Our primary objective is to protect our user. And because right. of increased security and things we've been working on here at Big Tech Company, and then they never answer the question about. <laughs> you know, they're really like. Totally don't have a legit answer when they're like, you know what? Just say it's security because you can always just say it's security, <laughs> right? And then people go, oh, well, security, you know, of course. Um, oh, but Amazon. Anson, yeah, DHH yep. did something about, he coined, I don't know, it, he didn't coin the term, but he used a term today about like a, a security smoke screen or something. Because I guess they have people who review apps they have people on the payroll who review apps to the tune of like 50 to a hundred a day, but they're not qualified in any way, shape or form. They're basically just dragging them into the system. <laughs> Is this like you're talking about Apple iOS apps? Yeah. Their hmm. ecosystem. Apparently they have reviewers that review apps. I'm sure Android does too, but you know, those, sure. that marketplace is riddled with spyware malware yeah, and just like uh, YouTube, at some point you just can't watch all the videos. You just right. can't. There's too. There's too much. You just can't. You're producing it faster than we can consume it. So, um, I just think it's kind of a weird practice um, for Amazon to be able to be like, "Hey, well, here's the Amazon Basics version of that, and it's at the top, uh, you know, or it's suggested on your innovative product." Now, if we go to Microsoft, there's other things that really annoy me. Windows. Like every time there's an upgrade, it's trying to sell me Office 365. I'm like, I don't want Office 365, you know, or, hey, would you like to uh, opt into our ad tracking? No. What? Can, can't it just be an operating system? Is it really that hard over there in Washington? Is time so hard? Or you just, you know, like, I want some of those Zuck bucks, you know, apparently you just track people everywhere and you get paid, right? Hey, it, at least it's better than the olden days where they didn't even ask. Uh, <laughs> they just did. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but, you know, Microsoft got in trouble for for packaging in Internet Explorer, which was anti-competitive, you know, and that's another ecosystem. Because if you were Firefox or Netscape, I think it was Netscape at the time who sued them. It's like, wait a second. You brought you wanted us to develop on your platform. And that's what we did. And there's a bunch of other competitors you learned from us. You basically stole from us. You learned what worked, what didn't, and then you undercut all of us. Well, holy they tried. Internet well, Explorer was not a very valiant attempt at copying and just, learning the best practices, but just because they, they can't try. program, <laughs> you know, it was besides the point. But do you know how many people are, use Internet Explorer because that's what's installed on their system? Well, you yeah, know? that's the internet. <laughs> Now, the of course, quote unquote internet. Kevin, Kevin, if I have a platform and I have preferred partners, scare quotes, why can't I just show you the ones that I think you should download? Well, here's Chrome, here's Firefox, here's whatever. They can pay to show up on this list. And the answer is yes, they can. But does that make it right that you're completely 
shaping, you know, it's, you know, Facebook shapes the narrative all the time with just all the tracking. Why does it know to show me that? Because it knows. I, I just don't like the f- fact that these ecosystems are manipulation machines. It, they're all mini Truman shows. That's all. Can we go back to Internet Explorer for a second? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so was that case like, did that have an expiration date on it? Like, okay, Microsoft, you lost, but you know, uh, for the next 10 years, you're not allowed to do that behavior. Bad Microsoft. Right, because edge is now bundled again. Right. Yes. I, that's, that's where I was going. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I didn't do this intentionally, but I have edge on my, um, app launcher right now. Like my toolbar taskbar. There- There was a Windows 10 update a while back and I didn't have Edge on my machine and then I did. So I don't know. That's a good question. Did it have an expiration date? I don't know. (laughs) Because I feel like this is the same thing again. Yeah, because I would, a reasonable person would say, yes, Microsoft, you're going to probably recommend, if not darn near force a critical vulnerability to my machine. But why the hell are you forcing down commercial bloatware? my machine now i get the new edge is kind of nice but that's not the point (laughs) the point was i never got asked (laughs) you just put it on my machine (laughs) you know now i i don't even like old internet explorer you couldn't even uninstall i think you can now and think you're supposed to or otherwise that's a risk (laughs) i think it's doctor (laughs) recommended (laughs) right anyway i i sound like old guy but i also feel that there should be responsibility in like ethics of ecosystem wars because there's a ton of them and some of them overlap some of them don't and i think they they are predatory to their people because they again they woo people in um just like google maps hey it's free it's free it's free now it's not free <laughs> suckers <laughs> yeah. you know and- remarkably that whole I'm actually very happy about this. That whole trend kind of went away. Not not the it's free, it's free, free, now it's not. But I think the whole Google Maps thing trend went away. Like, I'm not developing websites at near the pace that I used to, but Google Maps integration just does not come up anymore. It's like, oh yeah, static static picture is just fine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to pay that fee. Right. Um I also see it from the ecosystem owner's point of view. Hey, it's ours. We get to control this. We worked hard. We did all this. But, you know, if I walk into a restaurant, I would assume they're going to have a menu of things for me to choose from and whatnot. And they're going to they're gonna show you the ones that make business sense for them and whatnot. And they're going to make it so I can't bring in outside food and all that. So I get that there's rules and whatnot. But I just think, I think we've crossed so many lines with these ecosystems where, and, and the companies that run them are so big that you have no defense. You, your only defense would be, then go somewhere else. You don't like the fact that we stole your cup and we're selling Amazon basics? Go over to Walmart. I hear they're taking, you know, uh, <laughs> new products. You know, it's just like, ugh, what is this? And of course they'll say, see, look, we're not a monopoly. You can go to Walmart. But in reality, we're all like, well, they're done. Right. I'm glad you brought up the sizing aspect to the size of the corporate, the size of the ecosystem, size of the corporation, whatever, swap those out. I think that there's aspects where there's not one entity in those organizations that's like overseeing all of this stuff. So the marketplace, Amazon for, you know, 
primary example, that's just one small part of their ecosystem. You know, they've got their video, they've got their, you know, they've got all that stuff. So th- it could you be- You mean like taking parlor a- off AWS? <laughs> <laughs> you mean right. stuff like that? <laughs> I don't, how, how high up to, to ethical decisions like that go? You know, maybe there's somebody- and again, it's a tube, toothpaste in a tube thing. Somebody from the corporate side of things, the Amazon side of things, innovated and said, wow, we could probably get into manufacturing and make products just like some of the best-selling products on our marketplace. And look, I've generated revenue for us. Well, somebody in the, in the big office is like, gold star for you, just because they saw the numbers. And then by the time they realized what was helping generate that number the the ship has already sailed, you know? So well, how do they correct that course? Let's use the word numbers. So Walmart moves into a small town. What happens to the, all the mom and pop stores? They go away. But what does the public generally s- say about Walmart? It's good because I Negative. got cheaper prices. Oh, <laughs> no. They normally say, well, oh, well, but it's cheaper. And then, so there's 10,000 people in a small town that go, we like Walmart. And then there was the 30 business owners. We don't like Walmart because they put me out of business. You're just losing the numbers game. Right. So so you're going to have the same problem in these ecosystems. Hey, you wronged me, ecosystem owner. Yeah, you're one person. But there's 100,000 of these people standing behind me that don't give a shit that you lost anything. Right. And that that's where it's just like this. Oh my gosh. You know, so is that the ecosystem's fault or is that that people are shitty period? <laughs> well, maybe both. Um, because you know, I, we're all hypocrites. We want the cheapest price for ourselves and we want to charge the most when we, when we're on the other side of the desk, <laughs> you know, that's just kind of the way it works. So we're all hypocrites in that respect. Um, I, I just think we almost need a distinction between platform owner and platform producers. If you create a marketplace, you as a marketplace owner shouldn't be able to introduce product into that market that competes directly with the people you try to attract is what I'm getting at. And I think you probably, I mean, you already solved this with a much cleaner ethical solution that they're just that I don't understand why it doesn't happen is that those larger ecosystems could invest in, yes, you know, instead of putting it in your own store, help, help Joe coffee cup, you know, producer in that town to innovate some new coffee cup designs for their own store. That, and, that's and, actually and my a, favorite option. Yes. And make a couple percentage points off of that and keep that person in business Plus, make your mega gagillions of dollars from your already existing superstore. And imagine all those people you invested in. What are they going to do? They're going to turn around and be like, hey, this is the platform you want to be in because we're in it and they treat us right. And um, that's why I think, you know, when com- first company party or first party companies do these things, they're absorbing all the costs and whatnot because they're looking at going, yes, it'll cost us more to develop up front, but then we'll slingshot past, you know, them over there. And I really wish just the platform owners would invest in their community members directly rather than compete with them directly. Because as soon as that decision is made, we're going to compete with them 
it's over for the other person. It's over. You just hit it's it, in terms of visibility and all it's over because you've just got the machine. You, you have the reins to the machine, <laughs> you know, you win that day done. <laughs> so that's, that's what I think should change. And if, if you're going to have a platform, why not make it? So you make money. If your community makes money, period, you're, you're taking a little bit, you know, and that, <laughs> Apple was well, kind of doing it right. You take a little bit of whatever that is. You take a little bit of it. But when Apple goes wrong, it's when they say, oh, yeah, now we got one yeah. of those. Yeah, What's that? the 30% still a little steep. <laughs> 30% is too high. <laughs> yes, I would say. How? Uh, let me back up. Do you think, uh, do you think do, ecosystems do, do, do. are at all one-sided? Or do you think it's pretty competitive and fair in general if you were to look at most of the bigger ecosystems competitive and fair f- between whom <laughs> <laughs> well okay let's define that parent and then so the parent competing against the children which is weird you know that's why i'm thinking is weird and then the children against the children you know can anyone just list on amazon and be successful i would say so yes can anyone just list something that's innovative and then survive Amazon basicing as a verb it. I don't know. I really don't. I, I've never had the pleasure of having that happen to me, but right. But okay. So that argument is a very interesting one to unpack. Obviously it's very easy to see the imbalance between the parent competing with the children, you know, Amazon basicing it because they have unlimited resources, but in that same regard, if you and I go to, to Amazon with two similar products, there's nothing that says that our resource allocations are equal. You might be a far bigger organization. It might not nearly be as creative, but you may be able to produce at a volume that keeps a larger number of customers happy and actually throw some advertising dollars to drive people to your location on Amazon's marketplace. So again, it's not fair. I mean, just because we both make coffee cups, it doesn't mean that we both sell the same amount. So can that argument be extrapolated up to the parent again? I mean, I'm not this. First of all, I feel really shitty that it sounds like I'm defending these marketplace owners (laughs) because I think at the heart of it, I don't. Bob, we need to see your stock portfolio after at the end of this for uh, transparency. <laughs> I guarantee that I have Fang stocks in there. Not going to lie, but um, but you know, I'm I'm logicking through some of these arguments out loud in real time, and I'm having a hard time reconciling. I mean, I guess that's the free market capitalists in me. I I, I hate well, that part, but I don't. I don't 100% disagree with you. I'm just saying free market's good. Free market unrestrained is not, I don't think, because it right. creates such an imbalance. And you and I have talked about this several times, and there's many different lanes that this applies to. Our, our understanding of technology and technological marketplaces and these ecosystems is not evolving from a regulatory standpoint at near the pace that these ecosystems are and they're way ahead. And so you have these David and Goliath type situations where David gets fucking crushed. Well, yeah. Cause I, I think the last 10 to 20 years has proven the following formula works. 
attract a bunch of people, trap them. We call it vendor lock-in. That's, that's one of the terms. Trap them on your platform. Make it very expensive for them to go somewhere else, and then you can dictate terms. That, that's the formula of most ecosystems. And, I, and, I, I, and the trick yes. is, is you get a lot. I mean, that, that lock-in, I mean, you're not getting nothing for that, but it's just enough to lock you in. You know, a tool right. set, access, customers, you know, management tools, and, and yeah, and then you're stuck. So it's not like you're getting nothing for something, but you're getting just enough that you can't leave. And you know what I call that? I call that an abusive relationship to be perfectly frank. <laughs> so that, that's what I, okay. It took us 54 minutes into a podcast for me to get to kind of like develop my thought. I really think these ecosystems are abusive relationships. If, if I'm being honest, play by our rules. Hope we don't, we don't, you know, it's a uh, Darth Vader, you know, princess hope i don't change the terms you know it's just like the ecosystem was okay fine you know okay you know i just feel like it's this my way or the highway and we know what the highway looks for you young sir <laughs> so we know you'll toe the line you know i just feel so slimy how do we fix that i really don't know can you fix it probably not honestly you know yeah, can you even regulate that it's- probably not no, because, I mean, think about it. It's like, it's grains of sand on the beach. I mean, there's so many people trying to thrive in these ecosystems, these, you know, these environments. And and it's because they can, but not not many do. And especially when the parent is like, ooh, I like that one, crush. Like that one, crush. So, there's so <sighs> many people willing to take your place. Kevin, you yeah. don't like it on Amazon? Guess what? There's 10 people behind you that can't wait to take your spot. And it's just yep. like, oh my gosh. They'll take your it's, page two listing. Yep. So I get all that. <laughs> I just don't have to like any of it is all I'm saying. It just sucks. <laughs> hey, quick thing. Uh, just breaking in here. When we do live stream, we get the benefit of actually seeing how we're performing on the different networks. And um. Mm. If you're watching on Twitch right now, jump in the chat, say hello, just so we can see, uh, you know, if if these are ghost viewers or actual viewers. So, you know, just find that chat on Twitch and just say hello and we'll know you're out there. So I just wanted to jump in with that because I feel like there's some real dedicated folks out there right now and would love to give them some recognition if they're brave enough to say hello. So I guess this also comes down to how does Facebook and YouTube make sure their content is good? Zuckerberg will, and YouTube people will say, oh, we have algorithms and blah, blah, blah. But you and I have talked ad nauseum. You just, he's sorry. It's just not black and white like that. It's not binary. You, you can't be like, this is good. This is bad. And then when you start trading money, things get really gray really quick. Because even if you go back to the investor one and we're both cup manufacturers. Amazon really likes my cup design, not yours. They invest in me. Now I have more dollars. So really it's like contributing right. to a political campaign behind the scenes, you know? And so that's not a clean solution either. Nope. They can't support all the cup manufacturers. So mm, bummer. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, uh, I guess we just all need to make friends and, uh, call in your favors when you need them because the ecosystem owners are the people with the power. 
So there you go. Well, that's that's just sad. What it else is. you got? I'm looking out a sunny window out my window, and I can't wait to go outside and enjoy some fresh air. That's about about how I'm doing. What about you? Uh, I don't really know what to this. I've got after this today. Um, kind of flying by the seat of my pants on a Friday. I'm definitely uh definitely crashing here. That's why I was wondering if you had anything else to add in. Again, sorry, no. Josh. You're gonna have to splice and dice a little bit today. <laughs> Yep. Um, I hope I hope we get more live stream viewers. And like Bob said, if you're you're out there and get a hold of the show, you can get a hold of Bob because I'm like the off the grid version of a tech guy. <laughs> I'm basically not on social media hardly at all anymore. Unless Bob baits me into one, then I'll then I'll totally you know take the bait and yeah. <laughs> run with I it. feel I feel bad when that happens. Um, but it's yeah, like if getting you back re- on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to reach out on social media, uh, you can find Bob and Kevin's show pretty much on all of them, uh, except maybe uh, Parlor. We're not on Parlor, but uh, a lot of the other ones, just search Bob and Kevin's show and drop us a line. Uh, got anything else? Nope. Let's, let's, let's end this. All right, everyone, uh, thanks for tuning in today. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, thanks for always listening and supporting. Drop us some five-star ratings and some uh, reviews on any of those platforms that allow you to do that. That would really help us out a lot too. And uh, let us know what you like and what you don't like. And uh, if it's a lot of don't like, then maybe we'll suggest you listen to another tech podcast. But uh, <laughs> but definitely let us know what resonates and what does not. I'm mostly If you give kidding, us a five-star so. rating, you'll get a free podcast online from us, a free episode. You can pick anyone you want to listen to. Just give us I'll a five-star I'll do one star better. Rating. If you do a five-star rating or leave a favorable review and you send a screenshot to it to us over social media, um, we will send you some show swag because we have a lot of Ooh, that. Yeah. We just keep yes. it to ourselves. So We've got magnets, stickers, uh, what, what are those things? Uh, coffee, coasters. Coasters. Yeah. Um, yes. And if I we totally really- send some. If you're really, really nice, I, I, I believe that there's a screen print uh, somewhere around. Maybe we slap something together for you if you're really nice to us. If you're really <laughs> nice. Um, th- it depends if you're an ecosystem. If you're an ecosystem owner and you have the power to uh, boost Bob and Kevin's show ratings, we will send you a t-shirt. Jeff, we're talking to you, Mr. Bezos. Give us a call. All right, everyone. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Uh, love one another. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at The Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob and Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>